Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. We are at episode 81, your rejection story. How many of you have let the words roll off your tongue? He rejected me. She rejected me. And you state it like it's a fact. I wanted to do this episode because this is exactly what happened with one of my clients who I've been working with for about six weeks now, and she has been listening to every single episode. Reminder, we're on episode 81, and she works so freaking hard. She self-coaches. She sends me all of her thought models. She wants to elevate her brain. She believes so deeply in this work. She believes so deeply in me as her coach, which I love. I think that that is so important when you sign up with a coach, whether it's me or someone else, truly believing that that person is the perfect fit for you. Again, your thoughts create your results. Even believing I'm working with the best therapist for me. I'm working with the best coach for me. I'm working with the best personal trainer for me, whoever it is, the best hairstylist, the best nail lady, (laughs) really making sure that you think you are with the best will yield you the results of having the best. When you go all in and really, especially with your coach, really believing that her or his way is the way. Even if you change your approach with your personal growth after you complete your work with your coach, it's just so important to go all in. It it goes back to the multiple times that I've shared with you guys how Brooke Castillo, who's my coach's coach, talks about how important it is to just go all in with one thing. I work with a business coach and a personal coach. I would never work with two business coaches. And actually this particular client who applied to work with me, she was already working with a different relationship coach and she really wasn't happy with that coach. And she came to me and I said, you have to fire this coach, not because I think I'm better, even though I have to believe I'm the best coach for healing your heart and finding someone better. So I do believe that I'm the best and a genius in my own right, which some of you listening might say, wow, you're really full of yourself, Claire. As I said in the last episode, I want you to be really full of yourselves. (laughs) I want you to own the fuck out of who you are in your love life, in your career. The reason, though, that I wanted her to let her relationship coach go if she was to sign up with me is that it just would be out of service or finish up your work with that relationship coach. But I don't know why you would if you know you want to go all in with me because I'm just going to have you strip away everything that you did with her and start on a fresh page with me. This happened to me with my last acting teacher who I worked with. For those of you who are not too familiar with me and my personal journey, I'm now 39, but through all of my 20s and into my mid-30s, I was an actress. I still consider myself an actress, but I don't 
act professionally anymore, but part of me thinks that some way, shape, or form acting will come back into my life. And I actually really believe that all those years of performing and not just doing personal work on myself while always working on my vessel as actors, we have to work on our voices and how we move our bodies and the study of characters, which is definitely very similar to the study of human behavior, not to mention speaking on this podcast, going on Instagram, follow me at Claire the Heartbreak Coach. If you don't already, hopping on and feeling extremely comfortable just talking to an audience about anything. So I don't look at any of those years as some waste by any means. I believe that every hat that I have worn has led me to here. But when I moved to LA six years ago. I now live in Santa Barbara. But when I moved to LA six years ago, I was still, acting was still my number one. And I started to work with this acting teacher, Leslie Kahn, and she really changed my life. And like me, she's super tough, but her heart is huge. Major tough love tells you the things that you do not want to hear. And I I compare her to Simon Cowell back in the day on American Idol. You can just see he's like such a teddy bear and he's a genius at what he does, but he can come off as a bit of an asshole. And Leslie, if Leslie ever hears this, I say this with love. She comes off as a bit of an asshole. I think I come off as a bit of an asshole at times, but I loved Leslie. She taught me so much about acting and she taught me so much And really inspired me to do a deeper dive on my personal growth work because she really saw how my lack of self-worth was bleeding into my acting work, which I never made the connection. I always say how you are in one area of your life is how you are in all areas of your life. So I was definitely nursing a broken heart over multiple Mr. Wrongs throughout my time of work with her and talking about it with the people in my acting class and just being so consumed by it. And when I would walk into the room to prepare for a scene or we would do audition night, and she said to me once, you know, you can't walk in with that low level of self-worth, which I didn't even realize that I was doing. I didn't realize how obvious it was. But when I first started working with her, you know, at the time I was 32, 33, I had been studying acting since college and she really asks you to strip away everything that you've learned. So think about people. I mean, people from Yale School of Drama, NYU, all these top grad level acting programs, they come to Leslie Kahn's studio in LA and she basically says, fuck all the work that you studied and just do it my way. I don't think, and I don't know, I don't want to speak for her, but it it really is not coming from this place of everything you learned doesn't matter, but also everything you learned doesn't matter. When you go all in with me, we're just going to do it my way. And I am in such deep belief that my way is the way to get you the result that you want. And Leslie has tons and tons of successful actors from her studio. And she really just helps everyone strip away all all the, I mean, I want to say drama, no pun intended, but she really, you know, it's very, when we're theatrically trained and if anybody who's listening knows me personally, I'm a very expressive person right now as I'm talking, I'm like moving my, I'm holding a mic, but I'm also flailing my other arm. (laughs) And, you know, she really has you strip away all the extra and, I really ask you to do the same in your coaching work with me. 
So I'm talking to this client who's telling me about a guy that she hung out with one night. Nothing happened. There was no like formal invitation for a date, but they talked and talked and talked for hours and hours and hours and had a few drinks. And there was, you know, no kiss at the end, an awkward hug. And he had talked about, you know, well, maybe do you want to come hang out with my friends? And we're, you know, we're going to the beach. And she said, oh, well, I'm actually busy the next three weekends. And, you know, it was kind of just up in the air. What I think was clear here was that there was some flirtation, you know, elephant in the room, maybe sexual tension. And there was something there beyond just like two buds hanging out, but nothing happened. And, When he did reach out to her later on, they were just kind of, if in my opinion, which is just a thought, lame, innocuous texts. And my client came to me heartbroken over a couple of intense relationships that she had, and she was so tired of her patterns. And my podcast just has really resonated with her. And intellectually, she was understanding what I was talking about. She was buying Brooke Castillo's Self-Coaching Scholars book, listening to Brooke Castillo's podcast, buying all the books that I recommended, and ultimately decided that even though intellectually she was picking up what I was throwing down, she really wanted my coaching so that the work could drop into her bones so that she could actually create the results that I'm talking about that my clients are getting and that I have created for myself. So props to her. And she is keeping herself open and learning and healing and growing with me. Really, we had her on a plan to not date, but she had her eye on this guy for a while and he popped up and said, hey, like, do you want to get together? And she, the curiosity got the best of her and she thought I was going to yell at her about it. But I was like, no, look, even when I went on a five month break last year to intentionally not date and really date myself and go all in on my business, one little caveat I had was, look, if Mr. Wright shows up at my door, I'm not going to be like, "Mm, no, I'm taking an intentional break from dating. No, if I felt like 1000%, like the man who I'm with now, if he showed up at my door and was like, hey, do you want to get a drink? Like if we had met in a public space and I locked eyes with him and he asked me out, 100% yes. I didn't take a break from dating because I didn't think I was ready. I took a break from dating because I wanted to go all in and elevate myself through building my business. And I felt too scattered multitasking both. So... I didn't think it was a bad thing that even though she was intentionally not dating and dating herself, side note, I have a course coming out called Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. And there's going to be three sections, Stop Wanting Him Back, Fall in Love With You, and Find Someone Better. So this client has one foot in Stop Wanting Him Back and one foot in Fall in Love With You. She's dating herself, still licking some wounds, doing lots of thought work, building back up her level of worth and self-esteem after years of dating unavailable men. And this guy presents himself and she was curious. And I would, I said to her, I would have done the same thing if you were crushing on this guy. And then he was just, and they saw each other and he was like, do you want to get together? And she was like, yeah, sure. And so... A few weeks have gone by and I said to her, look, it's clear to me as day that this man is unavailable. And she's pretty sure she had a couple of drinks. She's pretty sure that he said he really doesn't think that he's emotionally available for a woman. And I was like, well, if you guys hang out again, 
even as two friends hanging out, I would gather that information. So like it will come up in context. They were talking about themselves and their relationship history. Like ask, get the information that you need. You are working with a coach to not just stop wanting Mr. or Miss Wrong back, but to find someone better. So why would you spend any more time with someone who blatantly says, I'm really not in a position to emotionally provide for someone. I think those were his literal words that she thought that he said, but she wasn't quite sure. And I'm like, well, you need to gather that information, sister friend. So if you need to hang out with him one more time, you go do that. Because once that's spelled clear, I say this to all of my clients who are online dating. By the way, any of my single clients have to be online dating, especially during a pandemic. This is the only way to find someone. That's actually a thought. It's not the only way, but like the most mainstream way where you literally have thousands of people at your fingertips. Yes, there's tons of stigma attached. I'm going to be addressing this in my course. So stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. We'll put a link in the show notes and we'll have all the information coming your way about that course. And of course, as always, I have a few spots open for my one-on-one six-month coaching program. But I always tell my single clients who are online dating, if you are looking for a relationship, do not swipe right on people who have looking for something casual. I don't care how fucking hot that person is. Not available. And then you tell me I am available. It's just that the people that I'm matching with aren't available or the people who I like aren't available. You have to say no to those unavailable people. Even if everything in your loins is lit up about that person, if you are looking for a committed, exclusive, sufficient, long-term partnership, and someone is blatantly saying, I'm not emotionally available. I don't think I can emotionally provide. I'm looking for something casual then not your person. It's like math, people. But everybody wants to justify it. Or, you know, we we went on a few dates and he was just like, I'm not really looking for something serious. But the way he looks at me and the bond that we have and the friendship that we have, and he just gets me in a way that nobody else does, Claire. And oh my God, I just was going through this really rough time and he was totally there for me. Guess what? Unavailable men can show up in crisis. Lots of unavailable people can show up in crisis. And then when it comes to the day-to-day shit, they're nowhere to be seen. Or maybe they sometimes appear, sometimes don't. You want the whole kit and the caboodle. That's what I want for my people, for my listeners. So it was very clear to me that this client was thinking about and fantasizing about and hoping for this guy who really resurfaced in a half-assed way. And she was like telling me, she wanted to share her tech, the text messages that he was sending her, which were A, few and far between, and B, again, pretty innocuous, nothing about a plan, just, you know, referencing something that they talked about and like what he's now doing. No, hey, I had a great time with you the other night. I really enjoyed talking with you. I would love to take you out on a proper date. How do you feel about that? That's what I'm talking about, people. These are the standards that I want you to start setting for yourselves. If you don't believe that's possible, if you're going to settle for less, then that's what you're going to get. Your thoughts create your results. If you think a guy like that doesn't exist, then you won't find him. They are out there. They do exist, but you need to be holding the space for them. Really hear me when I say that. 
But nobody has done that for me in a really long time, Claire. I feel like that happened back in the day. But now with online dating, people are just like swiping and it's just like not really done that way anymore. Bullshit. It is done that way. You just need to clear the space out for he or she to show up and do that for you. Or grab a pair of balls. Say, hey, I had a great time with you. Do you want to go get a drink sometime again? Make it happen. So my client yesterday was saying to me, you know, I caught up with a friend who I hadn't spoken to in a while. And ultimately I realized, you know, let's call him John. John rejected me, really, because I never really heard from him. So, and I go, whoa, 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 John rejected me. How does that make you feel? And she was like, I feel like clear about it and okay. And I'm like, really? John rejected me. And I, I hear why she felt that way because she really let it roll off her tongue. She wasn't in tears. She wasn't sad. She said it very matter of fact. And I was like, that just makes you feel like clear and whatever. And there it is. Figured it out. Haven't heard from him. He hasn't asked me out again. So he rejected me. I'm like, okay, how is it true that he didn't reject you? Because I don't see it that way. And she was like, oh, oh, it was like, she told me two plus two is four. And because she's so invested in me as her coach, I was like, you know what? Two plus two equals seven. And she's so willing to see it the way I'm seeing it. That's the kind of client you need to be in order to create the results that you want is really putting all your trust in your coach to see things in a different way. I just got my ass coached so, I don't want to say hard. It wasn't like they were being tough on me, but two coaches in my mastermind, I just really was having a brain block about my course. And they were trying to show me my mind where I wasn't seeing what they were seeing or that I was thinking I was understanding their coaching, but I wasn't. And they just kept saying it different in different ways. And because I respect them so much as my coaching peers in this group, it's not even my coach, Stacy. It's the peers in our mastermind group whose work I deeply respect and whose businesses I deeply respect. And I just, and I was feeling really uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, why am I not seeing this? I want to be more coachable. And it wasn't about me being difficult or trying to be argumentative about it, but that I really wasn't seeing it. I was getting frustrated and I was trying to explain myself over and over. And then finally I got it because I wasn't willing to just toss my hands and give up. I was trying so hard to see it their way. And they were doing such a good job of me uh, to, to explain it to me in very different ways for me to ultimately see it. And now my brain is broken open and I'm like, And now I'm going to approach my course in a completely different way that is going to be in deep service to me. And more importantly, the deepest of service to all of you, all of you who are listening, who are going to purchase this course and have your love lives and whole lives change. (laughs) Of course, it needed to be sung in a musical theater voice. So I basically was trying to break my client's brain by saying two plus two equals seven you weren't rejected. And she was like, I'm totally open to see how I'm not, but like, I don't see it that way. And I'm like, well, first, like, how, how is it just like clear? Okay, whatever. How is it? How can you feel that way when you say the thought, well, he definitely rejected me and that makes sense. So yeah, there it is. And she was like, I just don't have a problem with it. It's just that it's like, 
oh, I, now I figured it out. And I'm like, so interesting. It has to be that he either rejected you or he's into you. It never once occurred to you that you could have rejected him. You guys have heard me talk about Byron Katie a lot on this podcast. I am very much going to be talking about this tool on my course. She has a genius thought work tool and she has us angle thoughts that aren't serving us in different ways. And as I always share on this podcast and with my clients and on Instagram, is that every time we're triggered or we believe a negative thought about someone else, we're not really recognizing that we are mirror images of what we see is happening to us by someone else. So if you think he rejected you, well, how is it true that you rejected him? And so hopefully you heard me say this earlier. He actually suggested them getting together. And yeah, it was loose and casual because it was about going to the beach with some friends. But she was like, yeah, no, I'm, a, I'm not available for the next three weekends. <laughs> now, I also pointed this out to her, not in the sense of, oh, you fucked it up, so you should go let him know you're interested. Just in his behavior alone, I just don't think you ever have to guess someone's level of interest. And I just wanted to point out that you're giving this person all this power, who, by the way, you just hung out with for like seven or eight hours. You've known of him. You've seen him around. You're attracted to him. But like you really don't know him. And you've given him all this energy and all this power and put him on this pedestal. And he really hasn't shown up to be this person who's going to be I'm just going to say it, a man and show his interest and ask you out on a proper date and not have you guess. And maybe he got discouraged when she said that. We don't know, but I just don't think in any way that he's thinking in his brain, I rejected her. No, it's just an unnecessary thought between two people where no kiss happened, no official date happened. There was no let's get together and then he ghosted. I actually think she's totally going to continue to hear from him in a really half-assed way. So if that's what's happening, how is it true that he rejected you? If anything, you haven't been asking him out and then rejecting him, right? How is it true that you're rejecting him. Now, he wouldn't know this. And it's not about, well, I want to be very clear here. I'm not saying he didn't reject you. You rejected him. I'm not trying to do it in this childish way. Again, I'm just showing how we are mirror projections off of the people who are triggering us, which are usually family members, coworkers, bosses, or lovers, or love potentials. Another way that I thought that she was rejecting him is that we have been doing a lot of work together and she has really been elevating her level of self-worth. And normally she thinks that she would have engaged with him more or probably set herself up in a position to try everything she could to make it happen to get together with him. And no, she's staying in her own lane. One thing that I said to her after they got together that night was let him show up, let him show up. And so she did. Technically, is that rejection? No, but this is me helping my client take her power back. And so another thing that we really uncovered is 
going back to how effortlessly it rolled off her tongue of like, yeah, actually he rejected me. Like there was no pain to it because it was just so matter of fact with her. And what we really uncovered is this is a story that she is very comfortable telling. The years that she has spent with a few men who she believes have rejected her. And here's just yet another one. It's very comfortable for her to be in the rejection story. And she said, yeah, it is. It's like, this is what happens. Oh, I get it. And I've been here before. I've actually been through worse, so not so bad. But it helps her wrap the situation up in a neat little bow for her to understand it, right? I'm sure many of you listening are like, I just want to know and figure it out so that I can move on. I just want to hear what he has to say so that I can get closure. She's just giving herself the closure with a story about rejection and playing out this story of, men reject me, and then being like, it's okay, whatever, there it is. (laughs) But it is a story that is not serving her, that she's telling herself and isn't causing her visceral emotional pain, but it's a story that's creating the result of her believing men are rejecting her. And so therefore she's single and alone and frustrated with her love life and in doubt about creating her ideal person. Rejection is a story. Brooke Castillo's thought model, separately from Byron Katie's, which also I'll be introducing and sharing how to work it in my course. And she talks about how everything is neutral. A breakup is neutral. Sex on the first date is neutral. How many times you guys speak in a week, how many dates you went on in two months, it's all neutral. It's the thought that you have that creates a feeling about it, negative or positive. What I really wanted to offer my client is actually you guys hung out one night and you haven't hung out since you've had a few innocuous texts and you get to decide what you want that story to be. I would never, it wouldn't occur to my brain to be like, oh, that guy rejected my client. Never. We have to be so careful about the stories and the labels we give our dating lives and ourselves. No one can reject me. No one can abandon me. And this is coming from, remember, I was an actress for 15 plus years. There's that very common story of I'm rejected by the jobs. I feel rejected. And I played out a very common story about abandonment. I feel abandoned. He abandoned me. He rejected me. I was rejected for the job, rejection, abandonment. They're just such heavily weighted negative stories that do not serve. The person told me he didn't want to date me anymore, not he rejected me. Another great heavily weighted one is he ghosted me. No, we were talking and then he stopped texting. What do I want to think and feel about that? It just, the ghosting, the rejection, the abandonment it really dramatizes what is happening to you. And ultimately, it's, you know, Byron Katie talks about flipping the subjects. Well, how is it true that you're rejecting him, abandoning him, ghosting him? That would be an interesting one to work on in her thought work. 
But more importantly, my favorite turnaround is how we reject ourselves. We abandon ourselves. The last breakup I moved through three years ago, that was the specific breakup that inspired me to do this niche as a heartbreak coach. I had already been coaching for a couple of years, but three years ago, when I moved through this heartbreak, I was already a coach. I was already working these tools. And I was like, this is, this is my path. This is my calling. I was in a rock bottom relationship nine years ago. Check out my heartbreak story for all the drama back nine years ago with a bona fide narcissistic sociopath. And I was on a journey, a deeper soul searching journey after that breakup, but I still dated a lot of unavailable men. And and it really came to a head three years ago with a quote unquote, nice guy with his shit together. He wasn't a narcissistic sociopath, but I definitely think he had his own issues. And clearly I still had mine because I was still attracting these people who had issues. I was still attracting these people who were emotionally unavailable. Go back to my recent episode, your emotional unavailability. If you keep attracting emotionally unavailable people, it is because there is something in you that is emotionally unavailable. I know that that is hard to hear when you are showing up and you're doing the self-coaching and you're in therapy and you're listening to these podcasts and you're putting pen to paper and you're meditating and you're taking care of yourself, all of the things, and you still keep attracting Mr. Unavailable. This is where I truly believe the coaching is so powerful or for sure, again, make sure that you are signed up to find out as soon as possible when exactly my course will be launching. But it is a thought that is always what's keeping you from your result. When people would ask me, how are you still single? You're such a catch. I know I'm doing a a dramatic hair flip right now when people would be like, you're so great. Why are you single? I'm sure so many of you listening are like, oh, I hate when people say that. I fucking owned that I was single leading up to the love of my life. I was like, I actually went through a fuck ton of relationships that were really fucked up and I've been on a soul searching journey. I'm now a coach. I self coach and I truly know that my thoughts create my results. And so me being single right now is totally because of me. Not, I was in all these fucked up relationships and I've got all these issues and these guys like did all this shit to me and I don't get it and all my friends are settling down and I'm just like the only one alone. No, I am single because of me. I pull up my big girl pants and I take responsibility for every single circumstance in my life. My health, my finances, my career, my love life, my relationship with my family members, all of the friends that I have, the home that I live in. Everything that I have is because of me. Do I thank my parents for giving me the education that I have? Do I thank my parents for all of the ways that they have helped me? And they really have helped me when I was this damsel in distress in both my career and my love lives. Yes, people have helped me along the way, but I am where I am right here right now because of me. And if I didn't have support from my parents and my besties throughout all my heartache and struggles career-wise and all the things, I know I would have figured it out on my own. I just know that I am responsible for where I am right here, right now. I know that I am responsible for repeatedly attracting emotionally unavailable men. And I totally got it when the love of my life appeared. Oh, this makes so much sense. I'm freaking the fuck out because I don't know what to do with this emotionally available, amazing man who just makes me melt on all the levels, but it makes sense that he's here. 
I have been so one-pointed. I have been so committed to shifting my thoughts. I have been so committed to saying no once and for all for Mr. Unavailables. I am so committed to the discomfort of the growth. I am so committed to dating myself and loving the fuck out of myself as a single woman and having the most full life before he arrives because I'm so committed to my belief that my man is coming. And so he appeared and it made sense because my thoughts create my results. But if I am indulging a story about people rejecting me, I will continue to attract people who reject me. And I actually think it's more dangerous to have, yeah, well, obviously he rejected me. I think it's more dangerous. And I said this to my client. I'm like, it sounds like I'm being very dramatic here. Like you're going to die. You're not going to die, but it is very dangerous to just be like, oh yeah, clearly you rejected me. It's like, it just, it didn't have the visceral pain attached that someone would feel if she was dating someone for six months and was super into him. And then one day he was just like, I'm not into you. You know, my client, she's just been so comfortable with the story of rejection that it's just like, this is just who I am. So whether this weighted word rejection, a very negative pejorative word is not giving you any negative charge in your body or with your emotions or it's just you're numb to it, I really want you to pay attention. So when you're doing your thought work, because I'm assuming everybody who listens to this podcast does thought work, and it is not the same as journaling. Thought work is not the same as journaling. And if you want to learn more about it, for sure, apply for coaching or buy the course in November. When we transform our thoughts really pay attention. First, there's a thought download. So I fill up my page. One to two pages depends on my mood, depends on how much time I do have in the morning. I always create time in the morning. Right now, because I'm coaching full-time, doing this podcast, I'm in my mastermind group. I'm building the course. I'm also planning to shoot the course. I leave for LA this weekend to shoot the first part of this course. Huge undertaking. All the articles I'm writing. I have for sure shortened my mindset practice over the next few weeks. Again, with intention. Really, like usually I do a visualization, a meditation, all these things. And right now it's just, okay, this is the time I have. Mind management is non-negotiable for me. I have to see what my brain is saying. And then when I have blocks, like what I did with my mastermind sister, so I put it on my page, on that page to get coached because I will always have blocks in my brain, especially when I'm creating something that I've never created before. I'll have blocks and fears and catch it because I'm so savvy with what my brain is producing. So that is what I want for you guys. That's what I want for my client. Download your thoughts and really go over each of those thoughts, whether they give you a really strong negative charge or they they feel like nothing to you. Rejection is not a fact. Rejection is a thought. And do you want to just play out the story of like, yeah, I just get rejected. It is what it is. Like, that makes sense. Moving on. No. Nobody rejects me. It's just a thought that I would never think. One of my favorite Byron Katie questions is, who would you be without this thought? Even if the love of my life left me tomorrow, I don't think the thought I would feel is rejected. It would just be, he doesn't want to be with me anymore. That would feel very factual and true. And that is one of the modules that I go deeper into in my course 
really, I think that would be the thought. He doesn't want to be with me anymore. But it's very different than he rejected me. Nope, I ain't got any time for the word rejection, abandonment, ghosting, all those dramatic words from your very dramatic coach. (laughs) So I hope this serves you all. I hope you are getting that much more savvy in your self-coaching and that you are being kind to yourself and knowing that you are not someone who is rejected. You are someone who is loved unconditionally, who deserves and is worthy and is capable of the absolute very best love life, truly beyond your wildest dreams. Believe it's possible. It starts with belief and then rewiring your brain to tell yourself and the world around you a totally different story to create that result that is next level where you are going to just look back and be so grateful for that fucked up relationship or multiple fucked up relationships and so grateful for the discomfort of the work that you did and the commitment of moving through that work to get you to where you want to be like where I am at right now. I wouldn't change any aspect of my journey, both personally and professionally to get me to where I am now. I thought that I was going to be a professional actress on the cover of People magazine, living in the Hollywood Hills with like a showbiz husband and my own children. And my life is looking very, very different. And if someone told me that this is what it was going to look like 10 years ago, I would have been like, get me the meds now. And I am like, this is a life that is beyond, beyond my wildest dreams. I am not bullshitting you because I was open to the results open to the result, thoughts creating results. I was open to the result of being with the man of my dreams, doing a job that I love that creates the utmost amount of inspiration and satisfaction and also a next level of abundance. And so I always thought it was acting. I always thought it was going to be with some you know, showbiz person. I thought it was going to look very differently, but it looks so much more different than what I thought it was going to look like. And I could not imagine it being any other way. I said to my partner the other day, you know, if someone offered me a TV show as the lead back in New York and it took me away from you for like eight months, I would never do it. I think that's why so many of these Hollywood relationships don't work and I don't judge it. It makes sense. And they have these callings. And, you know, if I had become more successful younger, that could have been my path as well. And this is why these relationships dissolve. But partnership, connection, love, family is number one for me. And doing what I do now is number one for me. I can't imagine not making this heartbreak, finding love, calling a second priority to anything else, which again, if someone told me that that was going to be me 10 years ago, I would have been devastated. So hold the space. I have an article on Poosh.com, Courtney Kardashian's lifestyle site, where I am their resident heartbreak coach. And it is called, what kind of lover are you? And I get into the details of, are you a romantic or a realist and how to strike the balance of becoming a romantic realist. And I give a few more details about my own relationship and how truly No one could have written this story better myself, and I want the same for you. You think that you know what you want, but it could look so much different than what it is and be so much better. So much love, my loves. Until next time, bye. My love, 
Are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after. 